Good afternoon. Glad you're back. It's good to see you this afternoon. We hope and pray that this next hour will be encouraging to you. We're grateful for the opportunity to be together again. We want to encourage all to read and study the Scriptures on a regular basis. We are going through the book of Genesis right now, the first 25 chapters this month, and so we encourage you to be reading from that book. We're looking today, this afternoon, at Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, and we're going to be talking this afternoon about making time for God. And I think Mark chapter 1 is a great platform to build upon when it comes to making time for God in our busy lives. And many of us have very busy lives. We have schedules, appointments, things that need to be taken care of on a daily basis. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves adrift, so to speak, when it comes to our spirituality. And so what we have to do is make time in the midst of our busy lives to draw closer to God. You remember James, many, many years ago, said, draw near to God, and the promise is He'll draw near to you. What I want to do in our lesson this afternoon, first and foremost, to talk for a moment or two about the public demands in the life of Jesus. One of the things that really leaps off the page when you read Mark chapter 1, and really as you begin to examine the life of Christ throughout His three, three and a half year ministry, Jesus was extremely busy every day. Matter of fact, I think about Jesus many years ago during His ministry saying, I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. And so the Lord understood that He had a very limited amount of time to engage in His personal ministry. And so He had to do as much as He could in that time frame. And so with that in mind, let's just talk for a moment or two about the very public demands in the life of Jesus. I want to pick up in verse 21. We find Jesus in Capernaum. And you remember the text says, and we're just going to look at some verses and then we're going to really key in on verse 35. The text says, Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. There was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. He cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Now look at verse 28. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region around Galilee. And so just in this one context, we have Jesus preaching and teaching, no doubt, the message of the kingdom of God. So first we think about that message that resonated in the hearts and lives of people. And then the great miracles that he performed, they authenticated his claims of deity and they too resonated. And so the question was, 
What new doctrine is this? Again, for with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Verse 28 says something about the public attention that Jesus was drawing during his ministry. In verses 29 through 31, we have the Lord Jesus healing the mother-in-law of the apostle Peter. And then pick up in verse 32, if you would. At evening, when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. And so, just based upon what we've read thus far, it's apparent that the Lord had a very busy day. That day went into the evening, and He's working and laboring and doing a lot of good. Then in verse 35, we find the following day, Jesus rising early in the morning, going out to a solitary place, and there praying. But now pick up in verse 36. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Going back to verse 28 again about his fame. But he said, Let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come forth. And he was preaching in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. And so when you look at the public demands in the life of Jesus, it's apparent this guy was busy. In many cases, from sunup to sundown. Had a very packed schedule. Many of us, we have lots of things going on. And I know that many of you have lots going on each and every day. And if you have, if you have small children and you've got an, a job outside the home, then listen, I know you're busy. And there are lots of things going on. But here's what really stands out to me. On the one hand, you have the private demands in the life of Jesus. But then couched in verse 35, you have the private devotion in the life of Jesus. And so really, what we have here is what I would call time for personal devotion. Now having said that, let's just look again at what is said in verse 35. We're going to make some points along these lines. Mark said, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place or a deserted place, and there he prayed. So number one, when we talk about personal devotion to the Father, number one, it will require us hitting the pause button. Now, you know, sometimes we've just got to take time for ourselves, don't we? And you look at the life of Jesus and you think about, here's somebody who was busy all day long, even into the evening hours. And so he's very busy, very tight schedule, and yet the Lord Jesus Christ understood the importance of pausing and taking time for the Father. Now there's a passage found in Psalm 46 at verse 10 that I think is very interesting. 
The psalmist said many years ago, Be still and know that I am God. There comes a time daily in life when we need to step back from the hustle and bustle of the busy day and just reflect upon spiritual things. To hit that pause button and say, you know what, we're going to take some time, we're going to take some time to think about spiritual things. You remember in Psalm 8, David in the long ago said, When I consider your heavens and the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, he asked the question, What is man or the son of man? David there simply saying that when I look out and see the marvels of your creation, and then as I contemplate the care that you extend to me. Well, what was he doing there? He had paused and began to contemplate some things that related to his Creator. So number one, there is the need for pause in the midst of our busy lives. But then number two, we need a place, don't we? The Bible says that Jesus went out to a solitary place, a deserted place, You and I need a place that we can escape so that we can think about, meditate upon spiritual things. Now, that place might be your den, your personal study. It might be in your automobile. It might be in a number of different places. But the point is, we need a place where we can escape and just contemplate Things of God. Again, talking about a place. You remember in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talked about the importance of prayer. And He said, when you pray, go into your room, and when the door is shut, there pray. The idea there is that we all need to escape again from the things about us. It's difficult to concentrate when a lot of things are going on around you. So you have to pause. You need a place. And then number three, it has to be a priority. Now look again at what was said about Jesus. He had been working into the evening hours. I have no idea of knowing at what time he went to bed. But the Bible says that he arose early in the morning, which says to me that he was willing to sacrifice some sleep in order to commune with the Father, looking for opportunities to draw close to God. It has to be a priority in life. Look, we can all say that our schedule is filled day in and day out. And we might have any number of excuses as to why we don't have time to do some things. And that may be, it may be true. Maybe you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends. But if you're going to draw, if we're going to draw close to God, it has to be a priority. It's got to be something that means a lot to us. Now go back and look at some of God's great servants in days gone by. And I have no doubt that for them, quiet time with God was a 
priority. I mentioned a moment ago David. And you remember it was David who said in Psalm 55, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud. The psalmist in Psalm 1 at verse 2, you recall he said that he meditated on the law of Jehovah and he did that day and night. That was not by accident. But rather here was a man, a man of God, who realized the importance of just pondering aloud the great truths of Almighty God. And so we need, we need to make sure that we set aside a slot in our day, every day, to think about spiritual, spiritual things. So there has to be a pause. Again, we need a place. It's got to be a priority. But then there's another thought here. We need some privacy, don't we? Now, to young mothers, I know that this can be a challenge because it's not very often that you can escape the presence of your children right up under you. There are times when we have to do the best we can under the circumstances. But that being the case, we need some privacy so we can think, so that we can pray, read, study, and meditate on the truth of Almighty God. And that requires tuning out outside noise. Noise could be any number of things that will interfere with our spiritual relationship with the Lord when it comes to drawing closer to Him. What we're trying to do is distance ourselves from anything that would somehow subvert our intent of drawing close to God. And then there's a final thought here. And that is, there has to be purpose behind our devotions. Now in this context, the Bible tells us that Jesus rose early in the morning, went out to a solitary place, a deserted place, and the Bible says He prayed. Now you look at the life of Jesus. And I can tell you this, one of the things that will stand out time and again is the amount of time that He spent in prayer to the Father. Now, Jesus was God in the flesh, wasn't He? If God in the flesh realized the importance of prayer in His life, what does that say to us? Wouldn't it suggest to us that we need to spend quality time in prayer to God? Maybe we rise early in the morning. It may be that once we rise in the morning, whether early or later in the morning, we've got some time set aside to pray to the Father. We've got time set aside to open the Word of God and to just meditate and delve into the sacred contents of Scripture. Again, you remember the psalmist said, Your word's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my pathway. The Word of God gives light and direction. Now we live in a world of darkness. And the world around us will constantly beat us down. As a child of God, it's as if we're going upstream in a downstream world. So what we've got to do to offset 
But things of the world is try to draw close to God. Spend some quality time with God each and every day. Now, there are some principles that relate to private devotion. When we set aside time for God amidst our busy, busy lives, what can we expect or maybe what should we, what should we think about as we engage in this period of devotion? Number one, we ought to see it as an opportunity for renewal. Renewing our mind. Readjusting our thinking. Now, the world that we live in is constantly bombarding us with negative information. Matter of fact, much of the things that we hear in the world, what we ought to do is tune out. So to live in a world that is governed in many respects by the God of this age who's doing everything that He can to destroy and circumvent our faith. Don't you think it's necessary for us to sometimes step back and just renew our thinking to try to get our minds where they need to be? Now you remember Solomon said many years ago, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. He would go on to say in Proverbs 23, verse 7, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. If our mind is not where it needs to be, if we're not thinking right, we're not going to be where we need to be. In Romans chapter 12, Paul would say in verse 2 that we're not to be conformed to the world, but rather he said we are to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. All right, so what, what does that mean to me? I've got to try to the best of my ability to put stuff that is healthy and wholesome spiritually in my mind. I'm not going to get it from the world, am I? We're not going to get it from feeding on the things of this world, but we can get it from the Word of God. So how much time do you spend in God's Word every day? How much time do you spend reflecting upon God's holy word. Which really brings us to a second thought here. Number one, there's the need to renew our mind. And number two, to reflect. You might ask the question, well, what? What would I need to reflect upon? Well, maybe we ought to reflect on where we are in life. Are we where we ought to be? Following that up with this question, are we where we need to be? Sometimes where we are and where we ought to be are poles apart. So if I'm not where I ought to be spiritually, how then am I going to get over here? I'm going to have to spend some time with God, aren't I? I'm going to have to make it a priority in my life. It's got to be something that is incredibly important to me. Now, oftentimes we hear the old saying, we do what we want to do, and that's true. But to simply reflect upon where we are in life. And maybe ask this question. Is my life in harmony with the purposes of God? What's my purpose? What's your purpose? 
It's very easy for us to get distracted, become dismayed. Well, there's the need for us to pause and to just reflect upon, again, where we are. And is my life in harmony with the purposes of Almighty God? Now look at the life of Jesus. Did Jesus understand His purpose for being on planet earth? With that in mind, let's just drop down and note something. You remember in verse 36, the Bible says that Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Here Jesus is just trying to get some quiet time away from the people and the hustle and bustle of his ministry. And the Bible says that Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And the Bible says when they found him, here's what they said, everyone is looking for you. I can't help but think about young mothers who have difficulty sometimes getting away from their children to just get a moment of peace. Well, that can be hard to do. But look at verse 38. Jesus said, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also because for this purpose I have come forth. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can get off track. And if we get off track, then we're not going to be where we need to be. Now you look at the life of Jesus. Prayer offered him the opportunity to reflect upon not just his relationship with God, but the role that God had set before him. He's got to go to the cross. And he's got to bear the sin of, human, of the human family. And so he's got to have his mind right in tune with the will of God. You remember Jesus in John chapter 6 talking about how He was the bread of life. And I want you to think about this in connection to reflection. Setting aside time in our busy day affords us the opportunity to relinquish our will to the Father. Isn't that what Jesus sought to do? Again, John chapter 6, Jesus identifies Himself as the bread of life. And you remember, you remember He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. When Jesus went to Gethsemane, what was He wrestling over? He was wrestling over the weight of the cross. And so what's He doing? He's praying to the Father, if it be possible, if there's any other way your will can be accomplished, Please let that come to pass. But then, undergirding it with the statement, Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. To relinquish our will to the will of God. The world and the things of the world can mess us up in our thinking. And we can, we can forget about our purpose. We can forget about who we are and whose we are and what we're supposed to be doing, what we're supposed to be about. And so, to spend some time in the presence of God, to strive to the best of our ability to enter into His presence, to be on holy ground, 
and to relinquish our will to His will. And to maybe just pause and ask the question, is my life in harmony with the will of the Father? That's a fair question, isn't it? Do I understand my purpose? What I'm to be about? Wasn't it Solomon who said that the thrust of life is to fear God, to keep His command, commands because this is man's all? If I'm not careful, I can forget about my purpose. I can forget about my relationship. And if we're not working on that relationship, what's going to happen? If we're not careful, the devil can slither his way into our life. Paul said, neither give place to the devil. So we're trying to safeguard our spiritual lives in the sight of God. So, to make time for God. If we're going to make time for God, it'll ultimately bless our lives, won't it? The question is, are we doing that? I want to encourage you, begin today, and you set a time each and every day where you can sit down and reflect upon spiritual things. Make it a priority. Hit that pause button and say, you know what, for the next so many minutes, I'm going to think about spiritual things. I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to spend some time and study this book. I'm going to spend time praying to the Father. And I'm going to lay before Him the cares and distractions that I face in this life. Because listen, the devil is the master of distraction. And he wants to get us off course. And so what we've got to do is make sure that we're on course to the finish line. So a minute ago, something about renewing the mind. You know, the Bible tells us that we are pilgrims, sojourners on planet Earth. The idea is we're just passing through. Ultimately, where's our home? Not here, is it? Our home is in heaven. So we got to remember where home really is. That's why Paul, in writing to the church at Philippi, would say to the saints, our citizenship, our commonwealth is in heaven. Whence also we wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Or as Paul said, if you've been risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above. Rise above the world. Set your mind on spiritual things. And God will bless your life. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, we encourage you to consider becoming one of His children, to understand that every spiritual blessing known to man is in Christ. The only way to get into Christ is by being baptized into Christ. Baptism, obviously, preceded by faith in Jesus Christ, repentance of sin, confession, and then immersion in water. When we're immersed in water, we rise to walk in newness of life. All of our sins are washed away. We have a new life afforded us in Christ Jesus. And then it might be that you're here. Maybe your life's out of kilter, out of focus. You're not living within the will of God. 
You want to try to get your life back in harmony with God, what a better time, what better time than right now to just say, you know what, I want to rededicate my life. I want to be what God wants me to be, to live for Him day in and day out. Because listen, it's tough in this world, easy to get distracted. So if we could help you, assist you in any way. You know, James said the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But he also said, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. We'd love to do that with you and for you today as we stand and sing.